today. The CDC says <laughs> JK, uh, COVID-19, does not spread easily through touching contaminated surfaces. Uh, also, Senate Republicans issued the first subpoena in the Biden Burisma probe. The same time, some audio has leaked that we will uh, show you of one of Biden's Ukraine phone calls and a push for mandatory vaccination from COVID-19. We've got a lot coming up, folks, and it starts right now. Welcome, 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 one and all, to the news and why it matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by, uh, I've got a lively bunch here at the table today. We've got Chad Prather, uh, who was, he was on, you were on my, my list. I was? I can't say. Yes, because I said on Monday, I said, well, I was supposed to have Chad Prather here, but he bailed on me. <laughs> Sometimes I got to keep you on edge, girl. <laughs> That's how we do with our women. Is it? Our women's. Is it? Okay. And everybody's going to come and say, don't mess with Sarah. I'm no. Right We're BFFs. It's fine. He's my, Chad's my bestie. Uh, also joined by Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program, and uh, Josh Hammer, Blaze TV contributor Josh Hammer. Thanks for being here. Sarah, I'm just happy that Chad's back in the Cowboy hat. I know. I, it, I, it really messed with you, didn't it? I, I, I didn't even recognize this guy with, with the baseball cap on. A so. lot of people don't. Yeah, well, yeah. He the world is normal again. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into the news of the day. So the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has now updated its guidance on COVID-19. They are saying that the disease quote, does not spread easily through touching contaminated surfaces. Um, now, they still say the virus spreads easily between people, person to person. But, um, you know, if you're at a park, if you, you know, are touching a countertop, if you're touching a slide, if you're, you know, wherever, it says that it should not, it does not uh, spread easily through touching those surfaces. Um, and maybe possible. But we, I mean, basically, we're just making all of this up as we go along is really what I'm getting from it. Um, Chad, what are your thoughts? We're all dead. Oh, it's, okay. I mean, it's just I, I've had it up to here with the whole thing. I mean, it's just mm. seems weird to lock down to just shut down an entire economy based off of just a hunch, a bunch of hunches, a bunch of hunches, <laughs> false models, models that have been predicted by people who have never been right about their models. Uh Okay, so there's germs out there. Welcome to the planet, folks. This is the world we live in, okay? Um, I, I've told you before, I've done enough stuff with people of loose morals. I'm not going to die from <laughs> picking my nose. Um, and that's just my take on the thing. And, and look, I said it on my show uh, this week. If I get coronavirus next week and subsequently die from this, just know that I went to my grave still fully convinced of everything I've said about it. And the further we go into this, the more I believe that we are being sold a bill of goods. Is it real? Yeah. But is it what you say it is? No. Yeah. I can kind of see the reaction in the very beginning because because of the unknowns of it. So then we were like, oh, my gosh, the only yeah. data sets we had was kind of looking at what China was hiding. And you want to err on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're like, oh, my gosh. You know, and then we we're like fighting the curve. Let's make sure hospitals don't get overwhelmed. OK, right there. But every single time I see a new study come out, it's debunking their previous studies. Mm-hmm. There was a new study that Daniel Horowitz over Conservative Review just wrote about today where he's, he was writing about specifically another study that a doctor or scientist just, just put out. It's in the process of being peer-reviewed now. But he found, after all the... I mean, there's hard data on this now. It's not speculative. There's hard data. There's months of hard data. 
What he found was that the virus is actually 17 times less deadly than what the WHO is saying it is. Just the 17 times. 17 though. times! <laughs> that's not, I'm trying to figure, that, that's not an error in your data collection. No. That, there's something severely screwed up with that. And, and moving forward, uh, there's places like Durham, uh, North Carolina. Uh, they just re-upped indefinitely their draconian lockdown. Mm-hmm. Now, they've only had, they've had 37 deaths. 33 of those have been uh, elderly people within homes. So four or four other deaths outside of that. Now, obviously, you would think, okay, we need to protect that demographic in these areas. Right. But that's not what they're doing. Now, when the media reached out to them and said, hey, uh, can you show us the data while you're justifying this? Because the vast majority of the people here are not sick. Mm-hmm. So what's going on? This, the city government or the county government refused to release that data. Oh. I'm sorry, but that uh, is going to get your. Why, that's you're going to find yourself in court, I believe, when all this is over, or at least they better. Yeah, Josh. So I lived in Durham, North Carolina, for four years, and it, it, just over the past 15, 20 years, that part of this of the state of North Carolina, it's been it's been overrun with Midwesterners, Northeasters retiring there. It's just gone way to the left. Durham has just like it's it's, it's totally lost its mind over there. So mm-hmm. thanks for that anecdote. Um, kind of personal for me, honestly. Um, Sarah, you mentioned the beginning of this, though, kind of like going off a hunch, going off a hunch. You know, look, I was a err on the side of caution guy when this yeah. whole thing started. Um, I, I remember. I, I mean, I, I, you were trying to pull me over the dark side at a very early stage. <laughs> I, was. I was resisting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seemed to me that at, at that point in time, when we don't know what's out there, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's not do an ideological response. Let's be prudent and rational and empirical. The point is, though, two months later, we have the empirical data at this point. We have enough of a sample size to prove that this was not what we thought it was. And here's the thing. A lot of people are saying, oh, was the flu? Was it not the flu? I don't care. I, th- that, that analogy means nothing to me because if you compare what we've done to this virus compared to the baseline as to how we normally respond to the seasonal influenza, mm-hmm. it's here and here. It is night and day. Like, mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not talking about, like, a small discrepancy. We don't really do it. We don't do anything for the flu. We get, mm-hmm. your, we get our flu shots. Okay, great. But we send our children to school where yes. they are way more likely to, you know, die or get really, really deathly ill from the flu. Right. We don't shut down school every right. flu season. Right, exactly right. Um, so, uh, you know, we have enough of empirical data now. We're erring on the side of caution, what I was proposing two months ago. Um, we just have enough of sample size where we know that's not the answer anymore. But, you know, look, the, uh, the lawyer in me, again, like, you talk about, like, hunch off hunch. I think back to the infamous, uh, I'm going to nerd out just for a split second here, there's a constitutional law case, uh, Griswold versus Connecticut. Here we go. Where they, <laughs> you know, in 1965, they, they, fa- they found the so-called right to privacy for the first time. The court infamously found that. It's not actually in the text. They found it on the, on the penumbras, sorry, it was the penumbras emanating from the text. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Okay, no one knows what that means. No. So, but I'm the, glad that wasn't just but me. That, I, like, I knew oh. all about it. I was but like, oh yeah. But that is how we've responded to this virus. <laughs> we, we have had the hun- <laughs> we've had the hunches emanating from the hunches. Yeah. And at this point, it's got to end. It's nonsense. Yeah. Chad, you looked like you were itching to say something when Jason was talking. Well, yeah, you talk about 17 times. Let me put that in perspective. Let's say somebody comes in and says, I'm going to renovate your kitchen for $10,000 and then they get a bill for 170000 Put that in perspective. That's a huge discrepancy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are the kind of things, because you're exactly right, they're building models off of non-models, things that don't exist. And Neil Ferguson, who started the models, he's been wrong every time. This is like one of those cult leaders that keeps predicting the end of the world, and then when it doesn't happen in August, he said, I'm in October. Mm-hmm. But people keep following them. Why in the hell are we still following these people with these numbers that are, first of all, unfounded in the first place, and they've never been right in prior predictions? Yeah. I've only I've only seen the virus be as bad as what they, how they say say it could be in like three places one where it started in wuhan mm-hmm. italy mm-hmm. new york city mm-hmm. yeah 
only three places, but they're using those three examples to govern everywhere. Yeah. Well, which makes no sense at all. Especially if you look at, I mean, if we're just talking about the United States and you look at the, uh, you know, the, the demographics and the, just the, the geography when it comes to New York City versus the entire, you know, somewhere like Texas, the entire rest of the country. You're, you're, you're talking about people who live on top of each other, yeah. uh, you know, and you're talking about a governor who took misstep after misstep. We're now finding out more and more, especially when it comes to nursing homes. Um, So it's difficult to see how they could have used that particular place as some sort of a, you know, a form for the rest of the entire country, regardless of how they differed from one another. Um, So we'll keep an eye on the updated guidance from the CDC. You never know when they're going to change something. I think the unfortunate part of all of this is that It seems to be with science as a whole. There are a lot of scientists, uh, including, you know, when it comes to climate change and what have you, that they're not willing to admit when they're wrong, right? Like, we've got these models that are wrong, and I talk about how wrong the models are, and all I hear back is, like, well, the models weren't wrong. They were just a prediction. Well, well, but the prediction was wrong. Like, can we not just address the fact? I get it so that you didn't have much to base it off of, but it's going still on. wrong. There's something going on here. So Mari has a great essay in the current issue of Commentary Magazine that he goes on length about this. There is a difference between lowercase s science and capital S science, Inc. Okay. Yeah. These people are subscribing to, to, to the cult of scientism. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 the notion that science is kind of like a be-all, end-all guide for how we morally, philosophically, day-to-day, even tangibly speaking, live our lives. And that's, that's utter nonsense. Not only is it nonsense, it's actually counter to the actual definition of science. Science as a, as a mode of discipline, as, as a mode of intellectual reasoning, is actually predicated upon skepticism. The history of science is a history of hypotheses kind of overriding previous hypotheses. You're always finding You're new You're always things. finding new data. Yeah. Yep. Like most of Newtonian physics from the 17th century was largely kind of overridden by Einstein in the 20th century. That is science. So Saying science is settled is never really supposed to be a thing, right? That's, saying science is settled is an oxymoron yeah. in terms. Yeah. Ever since I read the uh, legal precedent of Prather versus uh, Playboy <laughs> slash Maxim slash Photoshop, I haven't believed in models at all. It's all bogus. It's all bogus. Thank you for citing that very important uh, case precedent. Prather v. Playboy. <laughs> Was it? Okay, I'll be sure to look that up later on. Uh, let's switch over to uh, what's going on with Biden and Burisma, the probe that, that Senate Republicans are uh, are now uncovering. We've got just the guy to talk about it here <laughs> at the table, Chief Researcher uh, Jason Buttrell. Mm-hmm. So Senate Republicans just issued their first subpoena on uh, today as part of these wide-ranging investigations into the Obama administration, into this Biden-Burisma thing. And um, they, uh, they also, at the same time, they uncovered these leaked... Did you hear where these came from? Did you? Okay, are you allowed to say? I have. I've spoken to sources within oh. Ukraine. Oh, oh, okay, CNN. <laughs> Anonymous sources tell me. Okay, so go ahead. protecting the source because the source has actually got all the official transcripts of all these phone calls. Love it. So what he said was that, what they said was, was that they don't know <laughs> how many people actually have these. It, but he, but he okay. did say that, that he knows the Russians have them. He knows the uh, Ukrainian government has them. And our government has them as well. So this is not a shock to the people that knew about them. And he did also say that these are going to slowly start coming out more and more with more information as the rest of the summer goes on. Mm. So this is what you heard, what what some people might have heard in in, in some of these calls, Mm. heavily edited, um, very selective. 
but there's a lot more information in there. It's, it's absolutely insane. So the calls came from inside uh, the president of um, Ukraine's office. Mm-hmm. So you can actually hear the, the White House operator or, you know, actually say, Mr. Vice President, now switching you over to the president of Ukraine. You know what I mean? It's, this is nuts that this stuff has leaked out. Yep. But do, we, do you have any? Yeah, we've got, a, we've got a couple different clips. So let's play uh, the first one is Joe Biden and uh, Poroshenko, who is telling Biden that he fired Shokin, uh, despite, you know, no evidence of wrongdoing, which kind of goes to this entire, like, hypothesis lesson. Yesterday, I met meet with the general prosecutor Shokin. Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong, I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday, I especially asked him to resign. In, uh, as a, his uh, position as a state person, and despite of the fact that he has a support in the parliament. And as a finish of my meeting with him, he promised me to give me the statement on, on resignation. And one hour ago, he brought me the written uh, statement of his resignation. Great. And this is my second <laughs> step for keeping my promises. Jason, <laughs> uh, lots to unpack there. Okay, so it almost sounded like he was doing that on purpose. He was very, he very really, deliberate, yeah, like, repeating he, himself. Despite the fact that he did not do anything wrong, I yeah. asked him for his resignation anyway. Okay, so this backs up Shokin's testimony that he's made in European courts and also out in the media in Ukraine was that, look, I was investigating Burisma. That is the only reason I was targeted. Nobody ever, they keep telling me I'm corrupt. Bring some charges. Right. They never brought a single charge to him. People, there were certain stories that were, that were reported on the media, rumors that were probably started by a bunch of Soros people within Ukraine. Um, look, I don't think anybody that in Ukraine, if you're in Ukraine and you're in the government and you're in business, you're probably corrupt on some level. That's the way it seems like. It seems like if you fly into Ukraine in the Kiev airport, <laughs> there's a line of corrupt politicians waiting to do a deal with you. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying this Shokin was perfect, but there were no formal charges on the guy. You can see right here that they're saying the same thing. Like, we don't know why you don't like this guy. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that we have against him. But hey, because you coerced me, you know, and right. you were threatening me with this, you know, quid pro Joe, that's why we've done this. Mm-hmm. And it goes further into that. In the, I think the very first call, there's John Kerry. Mm-hmm. And John Kerry on the first one is saying, hey, look, Joe's flying out there really quick. We've got to figure out this thing with uh, Shokin. So put that on your radar. I mean, it's very, it's, it's very, if, if you listen, I, I've, you know, I would suggest that you listen to all of them because they're pretty amazing. Um, but there's no, there's no, there's no question in my mind of the things that we've been talking about for the last few months yeah. are pretty much all true. And I'm telling you, and I will have some of these transcripts. Mark my words before they before they come out. Mm-hmm. I, I, we will have some of them. We will be releasing them before the the, the rest of the media does. 
Um, but this is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. This is, again, this is a planned release of information that's going to go all the way through the summer and probably into the fall. Wow. I am so here for it. Oh, my gosh. I'm yeah. so here for it. And I want to, gentlemen, I want to get your thoughts on this uh, as well. And I think we might have one more clip, but let's let's do that after the break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Shippo. So um, I could sit here and I could give you this big, long spiel about Shippo that sounds very formal and polished. But instead, I'd like to ask Mr. Chad Prather, who uses Shippo Mm -hmm. regularly, because I don't know if you know this, but this guy's a hustler. Okay, this guy is like the OG hustler Mm -hmm. and he ships out all kinds of merch. I don't even want to know some of the things he ships out, but Shippo ships them out. Very easily, very simply, right? So, you know, Allison, everybody knows Allison. Allison, my assistant, she she called me one day. She said, we got this company here, uh, Shippo, that they'll actually, they, they search for the best rates. Mm-hmm. And they save, you know, 90% of your shipping dollars are saved. They're going to search through like 55 different carriers yeah. and give you the best rates. And Party Foul Steve, anybody, everybody knows Party Foul Steve. Party Foul Steve can use this. That's how oh, simple wow. it is. Wow. And if you could see, you know, sometimes on his Instagram, he'll just print out all the shipping labels and he, he wallpapers the yep. thing. And you get your, you get free return labels. You don't get charged for the return postage unless the customer actually uses it. Shippo saved our business. Yeah. And I mean, that's no, no bull. I mean, they saved our business in a big way. Well, a lot of money in my pocket. Sh- oh, well, that, that's all you need to hear right now. Uh, you can go to... Shippo, uh, goshippo.com slash why you can get your free shipping consultation and also a Shippo Pro Plan six-month trial. That's for free, by the way. Okay, we got you the best deal anywhere out there. A six-month trial for free of the Shippo Pro Plan. All you got to do is go to goshippo.com slash W-H-Y. Back in a minute. All right, back to Joe Biden and the leaked audio of some Ukraine phone calls. These are eyebrow-raising remarks, to say the least. This comes at the same time, as we said previously before the break, that uh, the first subpoena was issued in this Biden Burisma probe. Now, the subpoena asks for records from January 1st, 2013 uh, to present from Blue Star Strategies related to work for or on behalf of Burisma Holdings or individuals associated with Burisma. Um, And I do want, Jason, after we play this next clip and I get uh, the other gentleman's thoughts on this, I do want to hear from you on why this Blue Star is uh, is important, why the subpoena is so important. But let's listen to the second clip of uh, Biden and Poroshenko. I think Biden is is talking about Shokin and a one billion dollar loan. Listen. Hey, Mr. President, Joe Biden. How are you? Very well indeed. As usual, when I hear your voice. Thank you. Very well, much. you are doing very well. Congratulations on uh, on getting the new prosecutor general. I know there's a lot more that has to be done, but I really uh, I really think that's I think that's good, uh, and I understand you're working with the rod in the coming days on a number of additional laws to secure the IMF. So, but congratulations on installing the new prosecutor general. It's going to be critical. Uh, for him to work quickly to repair the damage Chokin did. And I'm a man of my word I, um, and that now that the new prosecutor general's in place, we're ready to move forward in signing that new $1 billion loan guarantee. 
He's a man of his word. Well, there you go. You heard it right from him, directly from him. Chad, what are your thoughts? So that phone call happened May 13th, 2016. Did I see that date correctly? Uh, yes. Okay, so at that point in time, Trump is president, right? Not quite no. yet. No, not yet. Oh, that's right, because the election had not happened. Right, that's right. Okay, right. so I, yeah, that was 2017. So right. I'm a year off. So forget my point. <laughs> uh, I, I was trying I'm to sure do the math in my head. I was trying to do the math in my head. I, you know, I was going to get jumbled right there. Uh, but it, it's interesting that, well, first of all, Joe's come a long way since the days of corn pop. Uh, he's really keeping some heavy company these days. And imagine him having that conversation now with his mental state, right? He, there's no way he's no. going to put all that together, which, one, tells you how far he's devolved. Yeah. yeah. But think of what... We would not know if Hillary Clinton was the president of the United States. Golly. I mean, this is cut and dried right here. You could see this. This is heavy evidence that's there. We've already known it was there. It was just a matter of uncovering it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so imagine what we wouldn't know. That's scary. That is really scary. Josh? Yeah, you know, just a c- couple of thoughts. Uh, one is when Poroshenko says, like, I'm always happy when I hear your voice or whatever, that's <laughs> like nail on chalkboard, yeah. cringe-worthy type stuff. And, like, English pun, not his first language, so like I'm going right. to cut him some slack, obviously, on right. that. But like, it's kind of just very jarring to hear that. And, and, uh, and that's his usual way to greet Biden. He does that like three or four times in almost all their conversations. Okay. That's weird. Well, that's really that's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's really, really, really weird. I wonder really if weird. Joe lets him rub the hairs on his Oh, my goodness, yeah. Uh, I kind of wonder if like, the Chris Matthews tingle up the spine. Yeah. Going on there, right? um, but the other thing that kind of jumps out at me from that last phone call we heard was, um, you know, towards the end of that phone call, like about releasing that $1 billion loan guarantee, uh, sounds an awful lot like a quid pro quo sure to me. Does. Um, sure you know, does. the Democrats hated this whole quid pro quo with uh-huh. Ukraine thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kind of what we just heard, right? Right. Well, and I mean, Jason, uh, I want to toss it back to you to kind of sum this all up. But to Josh's point, I mean, we just went through an entire impeachment scandal over the president having a conversation about quid pro quo, which I think everyone at this table would agree that that's like not a insane thing to happen in in politics. That's something that happens all the time. time. The difference was that what the president was asking for was a legitimate investigation into this crap. And now that we're hearing phone calls from this crap, sounds an awful lot like some shady doo-doo going on. And and, and I want to get to Jason because he knows a lot about this. Mm -hmm. President Trump, he's had access to this information long before this impeachment stuff went on. Mm-hmm. So there was a good reason for him right. to be asking about exactly. that. Exactly. Good point. So their defense on this, uh, so our defense on the quid pro quo with uh, President Trump was that, that he was actually looking into corruption. Right. Like you're allowed to do that right. <laughs> as and president. Their defense with Biden is pretty much exactly the same. Mm-hmm. He was attacking corruption. That, that's why mm-hmm. he asked them to get rid of them. That's their defense. So what we don't know as far as what any of that had to do with Biden and Burisma. Mm-hmm. You, you asked me to talk about Blue Star Strategies yeah, and the yeah, current yeah. subpoenas. That leads right into that. Um, but hold on. Let me ask you a, a follow-up question from what you just said there. But, I mean, you said that Joe Biden, so oh, I was just looking into corruption. I was just dealing with corruption. But you heard Poroshenko right there say no one had done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, he very clearly said that whether or not it was intentional for the, the audio, who knows. But he did very clearly say no one has done anything wrong. We're just canning him anyway. Oh, by the way, I just love to hear your voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can imagine, you know, the, the hubris or the arrogance uh, from, from Biden. He, he's And the Americans in general on this is they're saying, no, 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 trust us. This guy's corrupt. We need him out of there. Right. And they're like, 
This is the prosecutor general that, just to put this into perspective, he was not the guy. So when they all talk about Burisma and all that, the, the, the corruption under Burisma started before Shokin. It started before it. In fact, Shokin was all, only on the job for a matter of months. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about all the stuff that, you know, the damage he's mentioned in that thing that, you know, he did while he was there. He had only been there for a matter of months. They got rid of his predecessor because he wouldn't look into Burisma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what's so stupid about this. They got rid of him. They got a guy, Shokin, who would look into Burisma. The moment he starts... Biden gets rid of him. Wow. Now, the problem is you, we have to find some kind of proof, some kind of evidence that, okay, this was all about Burisma mm-hmm. and even specifically Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and how he was culpable and all this stuff. Right. Now, Blue Star Strategies might provide something with that. I actually do have a source within Blue Star Strategies. Of course you do. It was talking about uh, multiple documents that they have that they're going, that they're already turned over to the Senate. I think the Senate already does have them or I might have seen them. I don't know if that means they can use them and use them in any way until he's actually subpoenaed. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, but that's what they're getting to now. So I know for a fact, and and and, and this is one of the things that actually just burned uh, Ambassador Yovanovitch. Was that this week or last week, where she was caught lying to how much she actually knew about Burisma? Mm-hmm. That's coming from these. The, the things that are about to come out from these subpoenas, more heads are going to roll like that. It's going to be a lot more, you know, but th- that's why we have to, that's why this is so important yeah. because we have to identify that chain of, you know, of guilt if it's there mm-hmm. um, and pe- bringing in people like Booster Strategies is what that's all about. We have to show that it had, it had more to do with just looking for corruption. It was a lot more dirtier, possibly, it right. had to do with, you know, you know, Joe Biden's son working with right. this group and legitimizing them and who knows, laundered money and a bunch of other stuff that might come out. Hint, hint. Wow. Ooh, Jason. <laughs> what a tease. Drop, <laughs> dropping little tidbits all across. Well, the good news, Chad, is that uh, Joe Biden can use as a defense and be completely honest that he doesn't remember anything <laughs> happening. So That's a very good point. That's the glories who, of uh, dementia. Who could say, who could tell him he was wrong? You take yeah. one look at any of his interviews, you're like, well, he's probably true. True. Doesn't remember it's anything. Almost like Ronald Reagan in the Iran Contra yeah. I don't remember. And you know what? Ronnie didn't remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a sad situation we make light of, but yeah, it's, it's there's a large element of truth there. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've got more coming up, including a push for a mandatory vaccination against COVID nineteen. I have a feeling you guys out there might have some thoughts on that. First, we want to thank our sponsor. Patriot Mobile. Uh, So Patriot Mobile right now, they know that there are a lot of Americans hurting and they are going above and beyond to help you stay in touch with your loved ones. During this time, they're lowering their prices even further and they were already super duper affordable. Right now, uh, they are giving you customized family plans starting at only $25. Yeah that low. Uh, Another great thing about Patriot Mobile is that they share your values and so they're not like Big Mobile where you pay part of your bill and then they take all of that money uh, that you're paying and donate to Planned Parenthood or uh, places that want to take your guns away. Patriot Mobile shares your values. They're like you and they actually donate to to causes that you believe in. Uh, So you know that a portion of your bill is actually going to support the Constitution and uh, put people before profits. Now it's 2020. Switching is very easy. You can keep your number. You can bring over your phone that you have, or you can buy a new one if you want. Uh, Right now, they will waive your activation, plus send you a free gift. Ooh, what could it be? You got to find out. 
If you go to patriotmobile.com slash news, get that customized family plan today starting at just $25. That is patriotmobile.com slash news. Use offer code news for that free gift and activation. Patriotmobile.com slash news. Dershowitz is uh, is making, I guess, raising eyebrows uh, with the statement that he made about the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, this is kind of a debate that's gone back and forth on, you know, they're rushing to get this vaccine done. Who knows when it's going to be done? Uh, many people want to fast track it because, you know, I mean, screw the science and the numbers that say that it's very unlikely that you're going to die from this. It sounds really scary. So we all want to be vaccinated for it. Uh, here are the remarks that Alan Dershowitz made saying that the state has the right to forcibly vaccinate its citizens. Listen, let me put it very clearly. You have no constitutional right to endanger the public and spread a disease, even if you disagree, you have no right not to be vaccinated. You have no right not to wear a mask. You have no right to open up your business. Wait, can I stop you? No right not to be vaccinated? Meaning if they decide you have to be vaccinated, we have to be vaccinated? Absolutely, and if you refuse to be vaccinated, the state has the power to literally take you to a doctor's office and plunge a needle into your arm. If the Where is that in the Constitution? To prevent, if the vaccination is designed to prevent the spreading disease. If the vaccination is only to prevent a disease that you will get, for example, if there's a disease that will kill you, you have the right to refuse that. But you have no right to refuse to be vaccinated against a uh, contagious disease. Public health, the police power of the Constitution, gives the state the power to compel that. And there are cases in the United States Supreme Court. I know Jason's raising his hand. He he wants to talk, but I want Josh. I want to go to you first as the as the attorney. That's sorry, messed up. As the attorney, That's messed up. As the attorney, why? Because he's basically standing on his chair over here. Well, I know, but I'm Mr. Kata. Because I'm happy just, to defer to Jason <laughs> in this particular case. Why did you go to? Why, go okay. ahead. No. Go ahead, Jason. Well, he gets j- to hold the stick. Josh will get. I got the highlighter. Um, Josh will have the actual legal breakdown. Um, I'm just curious about Dershowitz because this does not sound very Dershowitz. It doesn't, right? At all. So I'm wondering if he just if he's doing this in his clever Dershowitz way and kind of playing devil's advocate so everyone kind of knows how ridiculous state power on this really is. I hope so. Because this does not sound and I know what he's probably referencing, which is, you know, police powers, uh, you know, within states, mm-hmm. which we're starting to see now that it's absolutely ridiculous. And he, I think, I think Josh will set me straight on this, but I think he's actually citing actual Supreme Court case law. I think from around the turn of the century for smallpox, this actually happened. Mm-hmm. I think someone was actually prosecuted, uh, convicted of not taking a smallpox vaccine, I believe. And the Supreme Court up, up, uh, with, upheld that. But I don't, I refuse to believe this, that he actually thinks this is a good idea or a good deal. It's being it's being reported as such. I w- hope within myself that he's saying, look, this is how ridiculous it's gotten. Mm. Yes, this is bad. This is why we need to hold, uh, you know, states' feet to the fire, some of these governors, mm-hmm. when all this is done. Because, yes, the state does have the power to do this, but it has to, there are checks and balances within it. We just have to make sure that those checks and balances are upheld. Here's your highlighter. So. <laughs> okay. Thank you, thank you I, my friends. I like, the, I like the optimism. I hope those um, services are clean. <laughs> 
Uh, all hand sanitized. Don't yeah. worry, Chad. Um, so look, I, I hate to ruffle feathers, but Alan Dershowitz is correct. Okay, mm-hmm. it's like a matter of our constitutional structure. Like, like he, like he's emphatically correct here. Um, and the case that he, that he's, that he's referencing is, is a case called Jacobson versus Massachusetts, Good in God. 1905 case. But um, <laughs> but let's but let's take it a step back a notch, okay? Um, just, Who memorizes that? I'm sorry, <laughs> Josh Hammer does, Josh Hammer which does. is why he's so valuable here. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Uh, I'm, a, I'm a law nerd at heart. I still am. Um, so federalism is pretty simple, okay? The federal government has enumerated powers. When Madison says in Federalist 45 that the powers left to the states are, quote, numerous and indefinite. And it was always understood that these, uh, what Jason's calling the state police powers are health, safety, and public morals. Those are traditionally the three, that's like, that's like the three-legged stool of the state police powers. So the ability to vaccinate against infectious disease has pretty much always been understood as being within the state's police powers to regulate that. Um, whether that is always a morally correct action for mm-hmm. public officials to take is an entirely different inquiry. You know, Justice Anthony Scalia used to joke that he had a stamp in his chamber at the Supreme Court where he would stamp an opinion and say, stupid but constitutional. He's, and Because if your constitutional jurisprudence is always that your law and your policies are always yeah. perfectly aligned, you're probably not doing law correctly. Right. Um, so right. He, Alan Dershowitz is correct as, as, a, as a constitutional matter. Um, whether you have like a natural law obligation to defy that at a certain point is kind of a different discussion. Chad, what do you think? I'll quote the Second Amendment (laughs) and defer to my right to plunge my foot up Alan Dershowitz's ass. (laughs) You're not sticking anything into me unless it's by force. And that is the truth. Yeah. Um, And I say that facetiously, but I also mean it. Uh, You thought the Boston Tea Party was bad. Wait till we spill blood in Boston Harbor. This is serious stuff, folks, because, and I'm going to tell you why. They don't have the numbers to back it up. Smallpox is one thing, mm-hmm. okay? There, there were numbers to back There was evidence to back it up. They do not have the evidence that they are spouting off, especially for something with a 99% recovery rate. We know who it affects, uh, and, and to try to put this out on the general population is just absolutely scientifically and medically biased, 100%. I don't know why Dershowitz is in on this thing, but I don't know why Bill Gates is in on this thing either. I don't know why Jeff Bezos is in on this thing, but they're all in on this thing. Google, Amazon, all of them. Uh, I, don't, I don't, I mean, I'm, again, whoever, whoever creates the panic sells the pill, and, and these guys are selling the pills. Uh, it's all out there. Um, mm, I, there's so many things I could say in that regard, and it's not a conspiracy theory. I can back it up with facts, mm-hmm. which we do tomorrow night on the Chad Prather Show. I'm, I'm so torn on on how to even address all of this when this is over. I, I think I, I can't remember who I was reading. It might have been Daniel Horowitz again, who was talking about how when this is all over, we need to, states need to get together, legislators specifically, state legislators, and add in a little more, you know, oversight into this. Mm-hmm. It can't just be one overbearing governor that can act like a King George of his little fiefdom state, yeah. and is like, look, I'm doing this, and I'm re- I'm taking away all your rights. There's, I mean. Yes, they can. At, at the moment, they can suspend your the Bill of Rights for people. They can just do it. Now, there's also the Ninth Amendment, which you know kind of covers us from some of these things. Like, hey, you know, we know that you know a tyrant will come in eventually and try to suspend some of the rights that we just didn't think about, like the right to just go in and get your hair did, you right. know, if you want, right. which is, which has been suspended for many of us and for several states still is. Mm-hmm. But come on, that, that, that's covered under the Ninth Amendment, yeah. so I should be able to go and get my hair did if, if I had new hair and if I wanted to. <laughs> If and if. I haven't had my wig on in weeks. <laughs> uh, well, I yeah, all interesting points. As for me, uh, I think where there is risk, 
which all medications, if you're injecting something into your body, mm -hmm. there are always risks. Where there is risk, there always has to be choice in the matter. But that's just me. What do I know? Uh, we've got more coming up. First, we want to thank our sponsor of the segment, Omega XL. So Omega XL is a natural supplement that is designed to reduce joint pain and inflammation. Now, a lot of you, if you are living uh, in pain, you might not know that your pain is actually stemming from maybe you've got back pain, neck pain, leg pain, if you have arthritis. That's stemming from inflammation in your joints and in your muscles. Now, inflammation can cause permanent damage if you don't treat it, and you could mask it with pain relievers and topical creams, but those aren't really treating the problem at the root of it. Omega XL does. It goes right to the inflammation. Uh, it is powerful. It is also natural, which is awesome if you're a hippie like me and you like the natural supplements, and uh, it promotes healthy joints and increased mobility. There truly is nothing like it in the world. Uh, now, you can take Omega XL right now. Uh, get a really special offer if you go to OmegaXL.com slash news. If you order now, you will get a second bottle for free. Absolutely for free. All you got to do is go to OmegaXL.com slash news. That is OmegaXL.com slash news. Hey, before you say anything, before yes. you say anything, I want to go back to that. I want to go back to that thing because I know we got other stuff to talk okay, about. Okay, go ahead. You know, Hitler. Hitler Where's wrote your a, highlighter. Wrote a book called <laughs> Mein Kampf. Yes. And uh, you know, you know, they what they did. You know, Hitler's idea was if you tell a lie big enough and often enough, that people believe it is the truth, right? Uh, and one of the things that they sold the public on in Germany was that there was a virus and the Jews carried it. And so they had to send them to quarantine camps, which is what they call them. I mean, that's just a little history lesson. And now you have California, which we were talking about during the break. California is now passing legislation where they can come and take your children away if you test positive for coronavirus. And they can keep your family separated until you test negative in that regard. So if you think that. if you think, yeah, if you think we're real far off, history tells some tales in that regard. And I'm telling you, this whole forced vaccine stuff and all that, that is a hill I will die on. Yeah, I think a, a lot of people, I only speak for myself, but I think there are a lot of people out there who are believe in the science of vaccination who still will say, you know what, that that's mm -hmm. enough. That's a yeah. bridge too far. I'll get the vaccine, but you're not going to tell me to get the vaccine. Yeah. Right. Big difference there. Right. Uh, all right. I do want to bring up, so Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan is apparently in talks to become... <laughs> I'm sorry, to become a Joe Biden's vice presidential pick, according to the New York Post. Uh, she said that she has had a conversation with some folks. Now, it was just an opening conversation. It wasn't formalized vetting, but she's been talking to people. Uh, Jason, how perfect would that be? <coughs> All they, I mean, oh my gosh, there's just so many ways they could ride this to a very, very close, uh, you know, election, but they're completely destroying it. I mean, they're just doubling down on what got President all the Trump suck. elected. I feel right. like in 2016. She she is I think in the and the crosshairs. Her own people seem to yes. be turning against her right yes. now. Why not name her VP? I mean, well, it <laughs> makes no sense at all. But I guess when you, you your only choices were, you know, 
a woman that, you know, lost in our last election had no other, you know, and hasn't has really won anything. has to be a woman. Anything. He's already said it's going to be a woman, right? Right, so exactly. got to pick a woman. That's how limited you are in this. Yeah. You know, you, when it comes down to you're not d- just based off the content of their character and their, and you know, what they bring to the table. When it's based off of, you know, whatever identity bracket you fit into, mm-hmm. you get the governor of Michigan, I guess. I feel like the, the, the immoral here, Josh, is that uh, Democrat female politicians really suck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, surely there's got to be one or two good ones out there, right? I mean, I, I, I don't want my girlfriend to watch this and say, oh, he's a sexist or whatever. <laughs> they've, got, they've got to exist. All right, if, fine. If, I'll be the sexist. Let me do that okay. for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but all kidding aside here, I, you know, as I tweeted last night, I mean, they, they can't actually be this stupid, can they? Mm-hmm. And yet the obvious answer is that, yes, they <laughs> yes. can. Because as our dear friend Jesse Kelly always tweets, seems like dear. almost every day, uh, Jesse's a dear friend, Chad. You know, we're, we're getting there, but Jesse's already there. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my man. <laughs> we, we, we are getting there, though. But as Jesse always says, he says, all the Democrats have to do is not be crazy, and they can't do it. They, can't they are do incapable it. of doing it. Um, you know, I, I, I got a bit of, uh, I got a weird random hate mail last night, actually, an email from an email account that was, uh, quote, unquote, it, literally the name of the email address was globalisthack2020 at gmail.com, <laughs> who emailed me last night after I was bashing this Whitmer thing on Twitter, and he or she was, <laughs> like, uh, was apparently saying that Whitmer is polling high in Michigan. And my response to that is I don't give a darn about the polls. The polls were all wrong in 2016. What I believe is my own two eyes, and this is a total tyrannical nut job of a human being right now, and they would be suicidal to put her on the ticket. So I hope they do it, obviously. (laughs) Chad. She doesn't look black to me. I mean, that's what Joe Biden said. He's going to pick a woman of color, a person of color. But I did call this. She could identify as black. Yeah. I I mean, whatever. But she's a little despot. I mean, she's a tyrannical dictator. She won't even let you go to your cabin at the lake. Mm -hmm. You can't. I mean, she's locked down the state. People in Michigan, they're miserable. Uh, And I call this, I called it several weeks ago. I said Whitmer's going to be up there for the deal along with, you know, Stacey Abrams. And, um, Who's fat, who's morbidly obese. And did you see that superhero pose? She looks like a, you know, she's, you talk about climate change, she's blocking the sun. The, uh, she looks like her, her kryptonite is salad. So I told you I could be sexist, I can fat shame, I can do it all, because it's all legal you're now. Allow- you're allowed to. We're all allowed to now. You're, Nancy Pelosi yep. made it very yep. clear that fat which, shaming which is no I've longer a thing. I've always done that, because as a fat guy <laughs> with a greater BMI than 30, <laughs> these are my people. <laughs> all right, well, I think it's about time to take a break here at the table. We'll be right back. <laughs> Trump is fat. You got a bulbous ass. Yesterday's poll, what is Joe Biden's biggest strength? I know there are not a lot to choose from. Uh, So you guys picked the media covers for him. 63% of you said the media covers for him. I think that was the obvious choice. But some of you, you just wanted to troll. So you said corn pop. Yeah, corn. When corn pop is is an answer, is is an option on the poll, you got to maybe. Who puts this poll together, Pat Gray? (laughs) What what is going on here, Jeffy? Social media. Okay. Social media. Love you, social media. Media. Uh, all right. And then <laughs> Obama's endorsement, 6%. His mental acuity, only 5%. Per- 5%, though. That's Those are high numbers for Joe to say his mental acuity mental is his acuity. biggest strength. Five whole percent said mental acuity. That's That's got to be huge. That's got to be like the, the most people who think that he 
still has his wits about him. Uh, today's poll, if President Trump called... President Trump called Stacey Abrams morbidly obese, like Pelosi called him. Would the media have the same reaction of shrugging it off? Oh, my God. I mean, I know I, I know what your answers are going to be. But I did find it interesting. There were a lot of people. I did tweet that Stacey Abrams is morbidly obese. And I had a lot of people who said, well, what's wrong with using the, I mean, that that's a clinical term. Like, okay, well, Nancy Pelosi is not a doctor. And also, so what you're telling me is I can call people fat as long as I use the clinical term? There's no way that, that, that that's not acceptable to them. Nancy Pelosi, I mean, somewhere out there, she's butt-chugging vodka right now. So, I mean, why do we listen to anything she has to say, first off? But second of all, <laughs> that tweet you put out, I mean, those are presidential numbers on that thing. That, uh, the last I saw was 102,000 reactions yeah. to the tweet, which tells me, America, you're on our side. You're with us. <laughs> you agree. I can't pick her up. I just would like to point out the the hypocrisy of it all. Exactly. Right? That's like my you, point. You can't you can't say you're not allowed to fat shame. Fat shaming is a thing. You can't point out science or facts. And then also, oh, by the way, I'm not a doctor, but President Trump is morbidly obese. That's not the way it works, people. All right, thanks guys for being big, here. Big butt. You said bulbous. Bulbous ass. Bulbous. I love that word, bulbous. bulbous.